Welcome to the Marriage Shop Podcast, presented by Catalyst, helping to improve every part of life that matters in every place that matters. In the Marriage Shop, we discuss the work required to build, repair, and maintain a marriage that lasts. I am Dr. Mike Perry, and I'm joined by my co-host, my gorgeous wife, my good thing, Wendy Perry. Thank you, baby. We also invite you to join us during our live recording of The Marriage Shop on Facebook and YouTube on Monday nights at 7 p.m. Eastern. For now, come on in and let's get to work in The Marriage Shop. Hey, guys. (laughs) We're Mike and Wendy in The Marriage Shop, and uh, we're glad uh, to have you with us. What you doing? I'm, pre- I'm the, okay. So listen. No. I'm <laughs> no. Uh, yes. No. We need you here. I'm here. I'm like right here. So. Yes. Yeah, so some of you joined <laughs> us for um, part one of our new series. So it, we didn't intend for it to be a series, but given some of the dialogue that we had last mm-hmm. week, we thought we'd make this a series. And so this series is it is not your spouse's job to do what to make you whole to make you whole and so last week we just kind of we took that on from a number of different perspectives um namely we were talking about um or started out with pastor john gray and his indiscretions and and the current news story as it Mm -hmm. related to him so we talked about um extramarital affairs and how that can impact your uh, your parents your marriage um and also you brought out that um often there are some things that need attention or that are, um, that are unresolved or that, that need for people to pay attention to or to get help around where they often transfer that to their spouse or expect their spouse to be able to help them through it. Well, well, yeah, well, well, basically, yes. I mean, in in effect, I mean, it, people will often, um, you know, they, they will want their spouse to, or or at least use as an excuse anyway, Mm -hmm. that, you know, I have this, there's some deficiency. Maybe I, I don't feel whole. Maybe I, I feel somewhat less than maybe my self-esteem is low, whatever. Right. Mm-hmm. Maybe I need soothing in whatever kind of way that is. Yeah. And my spouse can't meet that need. So now I go and get that need met somewhere else. Yeah. Problem is nobody can meet the need that mm-hmm. you have. Mm-hmm. Right. Not, um, not without you going deep and addressing some things, because if you, if you're able to go deep in and address those things, perhaps, then your spouse won't be on the hook to do the things they can't do anyway, right? Yeah. So, so we, that's what we were talking a little bit about um, last week. Yeah, and, and so. so you can find that video on our page on Facebook at the Marriage Shop. So, what are we talking about specifically tonight? Tonight we're talking about mental health specifically. Okay. Um, and, and we're going to talk a little bit about the the struggle um, with mental health in marriage because. If, if you struggle in some way, um, whether it be, you know, depression, anxiety, whatever, then, um, and, and you're married, then by default, that struggle is not going to be um, alone. There, now you, you're going to have now two people who are in this struggle, mm. right? The, I think the funny thing is, though, a lot of times, one of those people, doesn't, they don't even necessarily know that they're in a struggle. Hmm. Does that make sense? No. So... Oftentimes, one one individual in in the couple, like you know, one husband, wife, one of them can be struggling with some type of problem. You know, some type. Some people call them demons, but some type of longstanding issue that 
their spouse is really not even fully aware that they are struggling with because it manifests itself in some way, potentially some different way, right? So for example, let's say, you know, um, you know, I'm a man and I'm struggling with depression. Well, you won't always hear somebody say, I feel depressed. I feel sad. I feel down. Maybe that dude is expressing anger. Mm. And so it's coming out in that way. Now, anger, anger really points the way to a lot of things, but depression is one of them potentially. Yeah. Well, I mean, so I want to make the distinction between people who are diagnosed with um, mental health disorders or that have, you know, that know that they have something, um, you know, underlying going on versus those who don't mm-hmm. or who have not been diagnosed. Okay. And so, so because, no, because what you say is one of those people may not even be aware that they are, you know, in, in for a challenge or part of the struggle. Um, and so if it's a situation where neither person has been diagnosed, mm-hmm. Um, but may have some symptoms or may be dealing with or struggling with some things, mm-hmm. um, then that differs a little bit, right? So mm-hmm. so I think, yeah, let's well, talk about it like that. Well, we can, we can talk about it like that. Um, I, I'll say this. A, a lot of times when it gets to the point where you are, um, you know, diagnosable, if you will, your struggle has probably been hard enough that mm-hmm. some, along the way, mm-hmm. either somebody has said, or maybe you have even thought to yourself, man, you know what? Mm-hmm. Maybe something ain't right. Something's yeah. not right. Maybe that, you know, somebody, mm-hmm. some, or maybe somebody says, hey, you know what? Maybe you should talk to someone. Yeah. So, so oftentimes the struggle, there's a struggle of some sort. Mm-hmm. And so, but, and, and kind of like we talked about last week, there's a struggle there, but the, the manner in which people, try to manage it is not directly dealing with, with kind of finding the origin of the struggle. It's just mm-hmm. make the pain go away, mm. whatever it takes, make it go away. Okay. Drinks, women, you know, gambling, mm-hmm. fast, dri- fast driving, whatever, just make it go away. Okay. So, yeah. So, but we can, we can certainly talk about it from the context of perhaps if you don't know, right. Because because yeah. oftentimes if you have a diagnosis, it, well, that means you've probably been somewhere somebody did. Yeah, I mean, so so if you if if your spouse has been diagnosed with a a a mental health disorder, what do we call it? That's what we'll call it. We'll call it just call it a problem. Just mental health problem is fine. Mm -hmm. Okay, with a mental health problem, um, and they're being treated or they're in treatment or they're Mm -hmm. on medication. So let's just let's just go the scenario where your spouse has been diagnosed, is currently in treatment or has received treatment Mm -hmm. and is on medication for their mental health problem. Mm -hmm. Um, And so they tell you that they have this problem and it becomes part of your norm, right? Mm -hmm. Everybody's aware. Both parties are aware. It's part of the norm. Mm -hmm. And then together, we just navigate what day to day is like based on whatever that mental health problem is. Maybe. Okay. But because because even after people know, mm-hmm. they're not always like on board with treatment and the things that requires to get well and stay well. Meaning the person is diagnosed. Yeah. Okay. So I mean, but because I was gonna, I was kind of thinking of ones that are particularly difficult. But mm-hmm. if if you are dealing with it, they're all particularly difficult. Yeah. But some ones that are notoriously just that feel impossible sometimes. Um, uh, well, depression is kind of, is one of those like major depressive disorder Mm -hmm. is one of those because all the things that are required to get well and stay well, they're like, for the person who's really in that depressed place, 
they're just hard to do. Right. Hard to get out of bed sometimes. Just hard to go outside sometimes. Hard to do those typical daily things that just mm-hmm. that just spell basic living. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And and staying on the medication regimen if that's what what the prescription is, mm-hmm. or doing all the exercise that we say you need. Right. Yeah. All those things require some level of motivation to do. Hard mm-hmm. to do. Mm-hmm. And people who are not suffering with that will often um, not fully understand what that person is going through. And it, it'll be, well, why can't you just, you know, just get up, just move, just, you know, there'll be that type, type of thing. Yeah. Um, another one that's notoriously difficult to deal with, um, bipolar disorder. Right. Because a lot of times folks with bipolar, they don't want to take medication because kind of when you're in that in that place, mm-hmm. um, they, they see some level, oftentimes they'll see some level of benefit there. Right. Right. And so... Um, it can be a challenge to get though you know somebody who's suffering with bipolar to stay on medication, for mm-hmm. example, or even um, if you know schizophrenia, which yeah. is a thing, right? Yeah. Um, it's just profoundly difficult mm. sometimes to keep people on medication. What do you do with someone who's paranoid, but you're saying, "Hey, take this pill every day," and maybe they don't trust you know fully. You know what I mean? Yeah. So yeah. Um, all those things. Meaning that if you're if you're the one living with this person, married to this person, connected to them, all that it makes it profoundly difficult. Yeah. Potentially. Well, yeah. And I think, you know, in in our experience, I mean, we know some people who have been who were in relationships, mm-hmm. recognize that some things were maybe a little off or mm-hmm. things had changed mm-hmm. or um, that the person that they're in the relationship with is struggling but really couldn't say what or why and didn't see where it was coming from. So they were from more or less blindsided Mm -hmm. by this person having some underlying issue that they never talked about. Um, So that's one scenario. And that happens Mm -hmm. um, that people don't always disclose everything about what's going on with them either, you know, for a number of reasons, but namely because they, maybe they feel it's under control. Maybe they don't think that it's a real issue. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe, you know, it's been normalized in all their other circles. Right. I mean, there are a number of reasons that that could be. So they enter into a, a committed relationship um, or a marriage mm-hmm. and they don't really fully disclose that they have some challenges. Yeah. So what, what happens then? What, what do you think about that? Because we, we mm-hmm. know a few people that were in that situation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is. Um, you know, when what what happens is when when someone doesn't fully disclose. Think about life is that life is going to expose mm-hmm. things about you. Yeah. Period. Point blank. It's just a matter of time. Mm-hmm. And and so there's some people who will try to fake it. And that's that's what I was talking about talking about earlier when you know someone may be suffering with something. Yeah. But not telling their spouse about it, mm-hmm. right? And let's say, let's say a wife, you know, has had major depressive disorder, maybe has been diagnosed um, in the past. And, but I'm going to, I don't want you to know about that because I don't want you to, to think less of me or to look at me different. Mm -hmm. So I'm just going to keep it to myself. And, but when that, when it, when you begin to have problems, Mm -hmm. well, you become, you begin to behave differently. You begin to act differently, maybe speak differently, think differently even. And you know, somebody's saying, Hey, you know, are you, what's going on? And you're like, Oh, nothing. Right. Right. I'm good. Things there, things will begin to change. Yeah. And so now without the, the, the knowledge, perhaps in your scenario, without mm-hmm. the knowledge of knowing, um, that my, that my wife may have some, some, um, some issue that she's been struggling with. Mm-hmm. I'm looking at that from the lens of what we consider like, you know, just 
the everyday, you know, just everyday normal type stuff yeah. and not, a, not, not accounting for the fact that there's other things happening, other things going on. Yeah. And so that will create, I believe, you know, well, God, we've seen it, right. Create division and misunderstandings. Yeah. All right. Um, tension and frustration. I mm-hmm. mean, you know, it, it's, you're trying to do things that you believe should just make somebody happy where yeah. you want to be in a position of being able to just bring them out of whatever it is or love them through it. Mm-hmm. Um, when, if you don't really understand or you don't know what you're confronting, um, can make it extremely difficult and frustrating yeah. um, and lead to a lot of stress on, on relationships. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the comments, um, Elizabeth Donsbach said, narcissists don't believe they need help. So she's going in a different direction. Talk, talk about that a little bit, because a lot of people have shared with me about being in uh, relationships with narcissists. Well, OK. Yeah. So what, you, what she's right, they, they don't believe they need help. And mm-hmm. so but narcissists kind of fall into um, a different kind of a different category mm-hmm. of, of disorder. And it, it, it's one of what we call um, personality disorders. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now. And, and, and I need to frame this carefully because um, any anyone with with a, a decent level of awareness about what is going on with them has the ability to make some changes, right? Even narcissists, mm-hmm. right? However, um, it we we think of it as a as a as a a longer standing kind of a, kind of a, we we call it personality disorders for a reason. These are typically things that have been in place, you know, call it, you know, from the teen years, at least is when you begin to see a lot of those things manifest Mm -hmm. and, and, and personality type stuff comes from a lot of different places, but generally, you know, I I think of narcissism as one of those things that exists to protect someone from something, right? So whatever this, whatever I'm, I'm trying to avoid or whatever occurred was so painful, so hurtful. You know, for some people, maybe it pushed them into a place of depression. But for the narcissist, mm-hmm. they create what I call a shell around whatever that hurt is. Mm. And for the, the narcissist, you you know, so it becomes very much about them. And every, uh, it becomes about protecting their whatever, their reputation, their name, their, you know, mm-hmm. and, and not allowing anybody to really to to make them feel any kind of way. So when you so you'll find when you begin to, you know, kind of cut to that place. Mm-hmm that pushes their buttons, um, they will, they will react, you know, not with contrition or understanding all that stuff. They kind of puff up and get even more, as we might say, extra. I don't think that's in the book, but you, (laughs) you know what I'm saying? And so, um, it's a whole different kind of disorder, but the thing is this, a lot of times, um, narcissists in the beginning can come off as kind of really, really kind of charming or intriguing or whatever. You just kind of need to pay attention because, Mm -hmm. A lot of the things that that emerge later on, oftentimes there's evidence of it before mm. you ever tie the knot. Mm. But we will write it off and we'll kind of put it into some other category, like ah, you know, hey, that's just John being John, ha <laughs> right? And yeah. But there are a lot of things that you'll see in 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 the reaction of a narcissist that, mm. and, and you don't have to be able to label it. Frankly, you just need to be in a place where you can say, you know what? Mm. I don't think I want that for the rest of my life. That's mm. all. You don't have to, to, to put a tag on everyone or a diagnosis. Yeah. Is this working for you? Yeah. Right. Well, what you just saw, would that work for you mm-hmm. for like 20, 30, 40 years? Yeah. And that's good because when yeah. we talked about this in our summer single series, we talked about red flags or different things. I mean, that can be everything from 
the things that we mentioned to behavior patterns are different. Yeah. You know, when someone shows you different patterns of behavior or acts out in a certain way or something happens, I mean, just like you're saying, I mean, that is enough. You don't have to have a diagnosis. It doesn't have to be certifiable. It, none of that. It's just if, if you know that it's not something that you could potentially live with and, and with living with the fact that it may not change, Mm -hmm. then you need to be honest with yourself. And so I agree. Ponsier said, hey, you need to put it out there. You need to tell them mm -hmm. um, before you get into a serious or committed point in a relationship or before you get married. And mm -hmm. I agree, um, you should disclose that. But there are lots of things about ourselves that we don't always put out there, that we yeah. don't disclose openly at first, right? And yeah. so sometimes it's, well, until I know you better or until I trust you more or until I'm sure that you're committed and then I'll let you know a little bit more about me or I'll let you in a little bit more. And so as we start to do that, time passes and things solidify. And so then all of a sudden it's, you know, so much time has passed and now you're in that committed relationship and you haven't had an honest conversation about what's yeah. going on with you um, or maybe the conversation is about what's going on with you. Like, like it's me? not what's going on with me is oh. what's going on with you. <laughs> yes. Oh, that's funny. Maybe, mm -hmm. maybe so. And, and I, I want to pause here and say, because, because we're going to do a few more of these. And the title mm -hmm. of the series is, is that it's not your job to make your spouse whole. Oh. Don't misunderstand what we're seeing through that message, right? We're not saying that, um, we're not, you should not be supportive of your spouse and be right there with them mm -hmm. through thick and through thin, through better for worse. It's just not your job to fix them. Yeah, that's good. Right? Yeah, say and that again. It is not your job to fix them. Your job is to be, you know, you ride with them. Yeah. Right? But you don't drive mm -hmm. for them. Unless you're me, I drive like all the time. But y'all, you get my point though, yeah. right? So it, it's, it's critically important that because we, we can't own fixing the things that our spouses bring into the marriage, mm -hmm. right? It, it, you know, and, and, and particularly, you know, if they're not seeking out um, what we believe, they're not seeking out God, first of all, first mm -hmm. and foremost, and trying to put God at the center. If they're not going to get the help that's available, there are a lot of, there are a lot of spouses, there are a lot, like right now, there's not even a question about it. There are people sitting at home right now mm -hmm. who know that they have serious problems yeah. and they are expecting their spouse to pick up the pieces, fill in the blanks. Yeah. Or deal that. with it. Right. Or just you, deal with it. Right. You knew this was me in the beginning and, you know, and I haven't changed. And so I'm, I'm expecting you to just kind of come along for the ride. And, um, Sandy Thorne Griffin said, well, what if the person is not, doesn't have the capacity to, um, to, or is not equipped themselves to deal with the issues that their spouse or, or partner has. Mm -hmm. Um, and I think, I think that's really key because when you don't, so two scenarios, if you don't know what you're dealing with and you're just trying to figure it out and do everything that you can to manage what you're seeing, that's one. And then the other is when you do know. But either way, once you know, it doesn't automatically magically equip you to be able to deal with it. Mm -hmm. No, it, it doesn't. I think, and, and I want to, I, I may say this a couple more times just to really emphasize um, the point. Uh, I think you know, Ty, um, um, Kim, 
said, like, for better or for worse, mm-hmm. when we are one, we become one. That's actually a really important statement because, you know, in, in mo- I think most of the people who listen to this are currently married, mm-hmm. right? Many, not all. Yeah, many. Mm-hmm. Would you say most? I don't know. But so that's one, that's one thing, right? Before you get married, and, and I, I don't want to sound cold or callous, but before you get married, there is no till death do us part. Right. And that's why when, when you see things that, and, and you, and it's up to every individual to decide, okay, you know what, that right there, that that's a deal breaker. Everybody mm-hmm. has to decide that for themselves. Mm-hmm. I would suggest to you that a lot of people see that thing that might be the deal breaker and they look the other way because they, why? Because, well, you love, you love, you love this person, right? Yeah. And, and love is not something you can just turn off and on like a switch. Mm-hmm. I get that. Yeah. But you, you really, it's important to look at something in the, in the context of, do I want to live the rest of my life like this? Because once you do get married, well, now you're in it. You're in it, right? And so yep, yep. Um, now it, it actually is your job to stick with that person through everything. At least that's in terms of how we see yeah, I mean, and that's right. what we that's what we say in our vows, right? And, yeah. and the belief is that um, if if there is a person and that person needs help, that they seek and they get help. Mm-hmm. But if there's a person, that person needs help, and they're in a marriage, mm-hmm. um, then everybody needs to ensure that that person seek and gets the help they need. Yeah. Um, so it's not your problem; it's our problem right. when you're married. Which brings me back to um, um, sometimes everybody does need like their own help. Because if you think about it, a lot of when, when the environment that you live in, it well, it can have an impact on you. Oh, um, yeah. And we, and we're going to talk about, about substance abuse at some point in the coming weeks, yep. but you, in, in the home where there is someone who is addicted to some substances, you know, alcohol and drugs. Mm-hmm. Well, that begins to impact the family, how they flow, how they deal with, with each other. You see, you'll, you'll see it also in, in homes where anger is an issue. Mm-hmm. It changes the behavior of everybody in the home. There's a system there. Yeah. yeah. And once you begin to change one part of the system, let's say you take the person who has that problem and you begin to get them help. Well, now a lot of times we, we kind of reach a place where everybody needs help because this person begins to change, but everyone else is still on that old channel. Yeah. And they're responding, reacting and feeling the ways that they did when things were at their worst. Mm-hmm. And so oftentimes it requires an approach to really taking care of an entire family. Mm. So, yeah, I mean, a lot of times people don't, they don't know quite what to do. Yeah. Right? I mean, who, I mean, where, where's the manual on that? <laughs> right, right. There is no manual on that. Yeah. Um, and there's no manual on marriage. I mean, other than, you know, what we ask you to seek, consult and read and commit is um, what the Bible says about marriage, what God says about marriage. But mm-hmm. and certainly there are hundreds and hundreds and thousands of books about marriage. But mm-hmm. there's really no manual for how to be married or in the relationship with the person that you're with. There's no, you know, you can't go buy that off the shelf. Um, You have to really become a student of 
your your spouse or partner. You mm-hmm. have to be the one that becomes the authority by listening and, and learning and loving them yeah. and figuring out how to make it work with them. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, you know, because a lot of people say, well, can you give us tools or can you tell me where I can read about that? I mean, mm-hmm. there, there are things out there that are helpful, especially when it comes to understanding different conditions. But mm-hmm. um, really, it becomes how do you deal with the person that you're with? Um, because the book says this, this is the book answer doesn't necessarily mean it applies in your situation. Yeah. Ooh, right yeah. there. Some of y'all some, write that one down, <laughs> <laughs> right? Because become a student of your spouse. Mm-hmm. Now I'm not, I'm not gonna, you know, I, I don't want to make anybody feel bad for, for how you're doing what you're doing, <laughs> but there's a whole lot of phone calls going on out there, right? Listen, call up your sister. Let, let you know what? crazy it's right here yeah right or you know can you tell me what do i do if you know a lot of a lot of dudes will call family members Mm -hmm. or women they know at work even and be like hey you know this is what's going on what do you think i should do what's happening with her you know yeah yeah look that's a good one don't do it yeah telling you now what what other people have to say about what your spouse should or shouldn't do or what or what might be happening with them if anybody just readily offers that up, or if you're readily offering that up, stop. <laughs> For real, don't do it. You don't know what's happening here. So we talked about some different scenarios, but um, you know, I want to I want to share this because you mm-hmm. talked about depression, some of the tricky one, trickier ones, depression and bipolar. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we talked a little bit about uh, when you're dealing with a narcissist. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think you mentioned schizophrenic. Did you mention? I did. You mentioned schizophrenia. Uh-huh. Okay. And so, so if the person discloses it, then that's one thing. If they don't disclose it, that's another thing. Mm -hmm. If you, um, so you marry someone and everything is fine and then something changes. Pregnancy, for example, Mm. um, the, the hormonal changes and the (laughs) physical and the emotional and the mental changes that occur with pregnancy can sometimes lead to a post-pregnancy diagnosis. Yes. So who you met and who you knew may change. So what happens then? Well, um, yeah, that's an interesting question because when we're talking about um, um, postpartum depression, Mm -hmm. um, there's so much happening, Mm -hmm. you know, and, and I'm not a mother. I've Mm -hmm. just, I've talked to a few, (laughs) right. And, and, and I'm married to one. There's so many, and you may be able to speak this better than I can, but there's yeah. so the weight of expectation, first of all, mm-hmm. right? So you, so your body's gone through all these changes yeah, and then boom, in a day, you just, you're, you're like rocketed back in the other direction now, as you, you know, as you begin to kind of get, get, I was going to say, get back to, to your, whatever, you know, whatever your, your old self was, but that's not yeah. even the case, right? It's, right. There's, yeah, there's no. changes that now are permanent, mm-hmm. right? And mm-hmm. The, the hormonal differences is, is there's a dramatic shift there. Yes. And by the way, just had a baby. And so now you're supposed to take care of the baby. And these days you go home, what day? Yeah. <laughs> you know, Real so quick. you go home and mm-hmm. now you're supposed to oftentimes do all those other things. And, and so, and I actually, okay, this is for the fellas. 
there there's one mistake if you if you don't have children or if you have you don't you've got only one you still have an opportunity to not mess it up <laughs> like i did oh my goodness <laughs> I, a, we could talk about that another time okay fine we'll talk, we'll talk about it another time but all I, all i'm saying is there's a lot of pressure mm-hmm. to do a lot of things to become now this person who is on top of it all or at least that's that's the perception and so yeah. a, a lot of times um, women, women are kind of looking around and taking in things. And, and by the way, you got so-called friends, mm-hmm. you know, talking about, well, well, this is what I did. Yeah. And I was, it was amazing and all that, right? Yeah. Pressure. Mm. So you have the hormonal changes, which really tend to be really at the core of it. Yeah. And then the pressure to be everything to everyone and to take care of this baby in a perfect way. Wow. <laughs> right? Yeah. Because. You know, and, and like breastfeeding becomes a huge issue. That, and then let's, what, what happens if you, you're having problems with breastfeeding piece is there's just a lot of depression <laughs> off the hits. You got right? all in on this one. I I'm mean, just saying, I'm just doing a good job describing it. Am I? Yeah, yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Good job. So, <laughs> so, so all of a sudden now you find yourself feeling depressed and you don't have the injury. You don't have, you don't got, you don't have it. To, yeah. To give now. Yeah. Well, which comes with more. Everything that you said is true. All mm-hmm. of that is true. And from the perspective of someone that, that has been there, I didn't have postpartum depression. Um, but many of you know that I, I've had my own challenges with depression. Yeah. Um, but it's all of that. And you have um, a husband um, or a wife um, who is expecting you to still pay attention to them and put them first. Um, and, and that, that exchange of, you know, well, I know all of that stuff happened and I know you might be tired and I know uh, you got a whole lot going on, but can we still have sex anyway? (laughs) But it doesn't come out like in a, in a question form like that. (laughs) <laughs> it comes out with a nudge. <laughs> See, I didn't even know he was gonna do that, right? With a yeah. nudge or yeah. a heavy breathing. Like it's been so long, and then and then that the baby is just—it's like the baby is—they're just—it's—it's it's like always there. It's just, you wake up, boom, baby. You go to sleep, yeah, baby. For, for all of us. Yeah, so, I know, yeah, right? so we could, <laughs> Maybe we need to just dedicate one evening to that. But, yeah, why not? But I wanted to bring up that point mm-hmm. because that that is not pre-existing. Right. So another scenario is well, I think we we covered that one. You did good. Okay. Another scenario is um, when someone experiences some type of trauma, yep. which could be that they lose a parent or or a child or mm-hmm. something happens, and then that then triggers or um, manifests itself as mental health problems after that yeah and and i'm glad you went there with that because um this is you see this i mean particularly in present day you Mm -hmm. see it a lot military families Mm -hmm. right Mm -hmm. where you know you go off you know you go off to to war you're one person and you come back maybe you're another or maybe you go off to war multiple times Mm. and you begin to um things begin to change they begin to look different feel different you know the interactions are different or whatever and so Mm -hmm. Um, but 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 trauma is not reserved for uh, war fighters, right? Right. I mean, right. There, there there's, I mean, car accidents. There's um, assaults. There's mm-hmm. all kind of things that we witness and see, and we know that we can experience symptoms of trauma just by witnessing someone else going through something, and that could even happen um, by way of a virtual platform. Yeah. Right. Looking at something on a screen yeah. can elicit 
those same type responses and reactions. Yeah, right? vicarious trauma. Yeah, and mm-hmm. so um, that's that's what well vicarious trauma. We we, we kind of think of that as being kind of working with and around people who've been traumatized, right? Yeah. And so yeah, it's or the exposure, but not having experienced the trauma yourself. Correct. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. But and so. Yeah. So, but those things do happen. They, those will tend to happen mm-hmm. um, within, as you're kind of walking along. So you, you, you knew one person Yep. and all of a sudden it's like, it's like, I don't know you anymore. Mm. How many people have said that? Yeah. Yeah. And that person oftentimes is in such a place where they want to care, mm-hmm. but what's happening internally is stronger than their ability to really put the energy into mm. caring. It's, you know, the That's most good. important thing is I have to protect me. Now, the, this is not the actual thought. This mm-hmm. is the brain going, it's on total automatic. Yeah. Most important thing, protect me, safety, yeah. Yeah. comfort and safety, which is why you'll find when somebody has been traumatized, their world tends to um, shrink. Yeah. Because there are so many things that might trigger that, that, that raw feeling that they don't want to expose themselves to that. Mm-hmm. So their world begins to shrink up. Yeah. And so that, that, that creates all kinds of problems, not with dealing just with perhaps mood and issues and sleep problems and all that stuff, but it also has a profound um, social impact mm-hmm. on a family. Because no, we're not going to the cookout. No, we're not going to the Christmas celebration. Nope, you can go, you can go to church. I'll, I'll be right here. Or if you do go to church, I need to sit in the back queue on that, in that corner right there so I can yeah. see everybody. Yeah, that's real. That's real, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, so, um, you know, there, there's so many so many ways that we could talk about this, mm-hmm. but I really want to get to how it is that, that we, we need to understand and clarify that it's not your job. So you, I think you did a good job when you said it's not your spouse's job to fix you mm-hmm. right, or to fix your problem. And so, um, you know, I shared that, I, that I probably, I would say somebody said, don't say that you struggle with depression, but I was challenged with depression for a number of years. Mm-hmm. Um, and I can tell you that I, I wasn't always forthcoming about it. I, I didn't, I mean, I, I was doing my best to continue to try to act normal and be normal and do um, whatever needed to be done, but we didn't have discussions about that. I was feeling depressed or I was feeling down or any of that. No, I um, had no idea. Yeah. I mean, yeah. totally, totally like literally totally oblivious. Right. And mm-hmm. you're a psychologist. Yeah. Right. And so I bring that point up to say that even when your husband is a psychologist, it's not their job to fix your problems. Yeah. And I, I actually, I wouldn't have tried. I would, but I would have at least <laughs> been like, okay, you know, what, 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 what are we going to do here? But yeah, it's, um, yeah, that's true. But, but, and that's the thing. I, I, I think about that sometimes and I wonder, well, what, how how could I have perhaps known more? Mm-hmm. Was it you know should I have like paused and paid better attention? Should I have just should I have asked? Yeah. You know what what do you what do you think? How would I have known or how should I could I have known more? Yeah, I mean that's a tough one because I think as much as I tried to make sense and reconcile it for myself, mm-hmm. um, if I was able to articulate, if I was able to bring you in as I was processing it, then I would have. Um, but I really, I couldn't because I, I wasn't really, I wasn't myself and I wasn't functioning as myself, but I, I also wasn't thinking, okay, so maybe if I talk to Mike about this, he might be able to help me with this. Mm-hmm. I really saw it as my problem. 
Mm. Right. And, and so, mm. I mean, and that's, I guess that's, that's just me. That may not be you. Um, but I did, I saw it as my problem, I guess, until it wasn't my problem. Right. And, and at the point where I realized that it was beyond me or what I could do to cope on my own, then I absolutely reached out for help. And, you know, mm. and I'll say this to you all, when I reached out to for help, I did not reach out to my husband um, for that help. And, and um, I mean, I guess I could have, I could have said, Hey, <laughs> can you pull out the DSM five and <laughs> ask yeah. me some questions? And I, can you and, give me a Rorschach? And I would, and, and I was, I would have said, absolutely not. And for the exact same reason why I did not give you the Rorschach. Yeah. Yeah. Listen, people. All right. Well, you know, I don't we're not know, diagnosing don't know, don't and treating each other people. at there, home. There are a couple of people who are in, who are in, that, who are in that in that area up here, but yeah, yeah and and they, they if they're in the, in that profession, they know you never ever ever never ever diagnose, and which which is which is in part why because I don't come home and I don't put on my on a clinical lens and start you know like hmm right you have to be really expressing something profound for me to go that route at home yeah. to, to stop and say okay wait a minute. Come on, let's talk. Let's talk a little bit about that because you you can't be in assessment mode at your house, right? And so, yeah, like for me to pick up on something like that with Wendy at that point, she she would have had to come to come to me and say, you know what, I you know I'm not feeling right. Yeah. And so, well then I you know, but but we but you always um, seek help from somebody who's able to get that. You can't you cannot treat your own people. Period. Mm-hmm. Ever. Mm-hmm. So. Um, yeah. And Tara Collins done. Thanks for joining us. And we're, we're still praying with you guys and just know that, that you're family for us. Um, and so I, I wanted to make sure I said that, mm-hmm. um, Sandy says, but does that touch on the role of the wife and how we must continue to function under the most mentally stressful situation? Yeah, good question. Um, yeah. And what I'll say is, you know, that's self-imposed. I mean, let's, let's call it what it is. Um, there really is no one who says that we must, um, mentally and physically function on our own in even stressful situations. Um, I think some of us are raised that way. Some of us have kind of carved that out um, as we've grown older, we're adults. It, it is the path that we choose. Mm-hmm. But when we, when we talk about that expectation or that norm or that, that role responsibility, you have to also ask, where is that coming from? Yes. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Where is it coming from? Mm-hmm. And, and how much of, okay, so I, I, we suppose to kind of keep it level and objective, but yeah. and, and give me, can I have like 10 seconds? How much of that garbage have you swallowed whole mm. expectations about what you're supposed to do and what a good mother does, what a good father does, what a quote unquote, right? And so there's all these images and there's all these messages that we take in. Mm-hmm that are, that are not quite real, frankly, right? There, there are, and, and honestly, even some of the things and I, I, I'm preach, preaching to the choir, y'all yeah. know, but some of the things you see posted, mm-hmm. I mean, it's like really cool stuff. There's mm-hmm. these snapshots and it's amazing. It looks like, wow, you are, you're on top of everything. Yeah. How are you doing that? Mm-hmm. They're probably not. Yeah. That yeah. matter of fact, the part that you see like behind them in their house to put the clean part, mm-hmm. that's probably the only clean part. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> For example, right? So yeah. we 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 level a lot of expectations on, on ourselves based mm-hmm. on what we see. Mm-hmm. Or or maybe even somebody told you yeah. back in the day, well, this is what a good mother does. This is what a good part. Listen. Um, I I you know, I, I love my grandparents, right? 
everything I saw wasn't real. Everything I saw was not like, you know, roses and mm. I was going to say peaches and cream, whatever. Yeah. It, it wasn't, it wasn't. Rainbows and unicorns. That, whatever. Rainbows and unicorns. It wasn't perfect, yeah. right? So there, there were issues no matter what. And by the way, um, in terms of roles and whatnot, mm-hmm. like the roles that my our grandparents had, well, that looks a whole lot different mm-hmm. today for 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 a ton of reasons. But yeah. I'm just saying, you really have to kind of take a look at um, your life and really assess what right looks like in your circumstance. Yeah. Because we we're just so there we're saying the same in a lot of ways, but we're just so different different in terms of abilities and gifts, different in terms of time, different in terms of what your purpose is even, right? And so we are, we're walking and, and the word actually warns against comparing ourselves one to another, but we, we it seems that we just can't stop. Yeah. And I, I agree. Um, but I mean, it comes from different places. It comes from how we were raised. It comes from our family. It mm-hmm. comes from our friends. It comes from society. Well, There's so many different places that that may put us in a position of feeling like we have to um, uphold or handle all of it. And mm-hmm. the truth is that we don't. But we also tell you that within your relationships, that your marriage is that the mutual creation and the reality between the two of you. Um, so there's no other barometer for how your marriage should function except your own. I will say this. Um, I, I want y'all to, I want y'all to knock it off with the society is to blame. I will, I will, I will, I will give you <laughs> that society is to, you know, like some of the messaging and that's why it's so important to protect kids as long as you can, mm-hmm. because a lot of the things that, that, poured in kids don't necessarily have the the filter yet to decipher what what's good what's bad what they need to turn off what you know so there's a lot of things that get in what 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 do you say once you know better you do better once you're an adult and i know i know and i want to be insensitive because it can be there you can feel a lot of pressure yeah about what society says you should do even though you know differently but you try to live up to this standard that was set somewhere out out there by society and so society, well, you know, people are going to do what people do, mm-hmm. right? And so, but once you know better, then what? What do you do? How much effort do you put into now creating this life that you're supposed to live versus what everyone else did? Because because if society had a say, a lot of y'all know, if you did what society expected of you, you'd be in a very different place and, pro- place and probably not that good a place, mm. Right. Yeah. So I'm just saying, what does the word say? What does God expect of you? Yeah. How's that? And, and yeah, I think well, that's good. Or, I mean, you are kind of going in on. I'm, but but I, I'm just saying, and, and by the way, a lot of times, like, um, you, you can we talk about hair dye for a second? No, because that's not what we're talking about. Oh, it is absolutely <laughs> what we're talking about. We can, okay. but you, you can, you can, whatever you want, like wh- okay. whatever, whatever change you want to make. You can talk about it. No, I don't want to talk about it. It's fine. <laughs> we can talk about hair dye. I'm just saying, but but I'm just I'm gonna ask why why do why do uh, people dye their hair? I mean, I think there are different reasons why. I mean, not that I'm speaking for everybody Give that dyes some. their hair, but um, you know, some people just don't like the look of 
different colors, right? So as you change, you grow old, you gray. Sure. Is, <laughs> you older. say older. Oh, yeah, some people oh, like 25. Older. I mean, some people are born with gray hair, gray or white hair from the beginning. And usually, I mean, one reason, okay, so people dye their hair because they want to change. Mm-hmm. That's one reason. Mm-hmm. In terms of people dyeing their hair because their hair is graying, which I think is where you're going, mm-hmm. um, that's something different. It's, it's not like, okay, you can't say it's the same reason as getting plastic surgery or something like that. It's not to for some people it might be pretend that is to stop the aging process. Well you're mm-hmm. making an assumption. I mean everybody has their own reasons okay, for well, dying well, it or not dying. Well it. well let me let me speak directly to these people then. All right. <laughs> Let's Wait, talk how can you speak to these people? You're making an assumption. No, I'm saying if it if it don't shoot if it don't put it on. It's good. <laughs> I use I use hair dye because it's just a simple example. We can go a lot of ways in terms of yeah. you know in terms of the changes that people make to mm-hmm. themselves to their appearance yeah. in order to live up to certain images, mm-hmm. right? Now mm-hmm. it could be that you don't like gray hair. It could be because you believe that people are going to believe that you look. Oh, it, whatever the mm-hmm. case, mm-hmm. what I'm saying, what I'm suggesting, yeah. is that you know if let's say you're like yeah i'm like this i think you know i'm i'm gonna look this kind of way and i'm like nah i think you're beautiful you're like yeah i don't know this right but so now it's like i think you're beautiful i think you're good but still there's this pressure to change right and this i'm just talking i am representing everyone who i might be representing whoever you are right but and so now what right because because uh, there's a change I'm making, right? Or let's say I'm like, and, and I and I've been I'm, I'm like, man, like the other day I'm like, hmm, I think my I think my I think my stomach is starting to pack. <laughs> and you're like, nah, I think you're good. I'm like, I don't know. People yeah, might... well, okay, so hold that because what? because what you're saying is, you know, your response to what someone else says, and then your response to what what you're telling yourself. Right. Yeah, but but why am I telling myself that? I'm getting I'm, I'm yeah, getting okay, there, right? Okay. Because it's like, you know, people gonna people. I think I'm gonna look fat <laughs> or whatever, mm-hmm. right? And so I've been there. So and I, it's like, if I'm worried about oftentimes when I'm worried about what I look like, mm-hmm. the rest of the sentence is worried about what I look like to other people. Mm. That is where the societal piece comes in, where these expectations come in. It's it's why they have whole gyms. Where, like, you can't wear a tank top or whatever, right? Because they don't want you flexing <laughs> to yeah. make other, right? So, because think about that, like, in a whole gym chain, yeah, based on that premise, because they they want you to feel somehow shielded from expectations of other people, yeah. And so we're making a lot of decisions based on other people's expectations, and it's like wrecking our mood. Yeah, yeah. Well, here, here's the thing, because mm-hmm. that's not what we're talking about. I know, tonight. but how do you even get there? You got me all distracted. <laughs> all yeah. down. So, um, Sandy, you're right. I mean, especially if you were raised by strong women or in an environment where, you know, the strong, mm-hmm. independent woman um, role and model mm-hmm. was what, what you aspired to. Um, that is so different um, when when you're really trying to, to figure out what works for you, mm-hmm. right? And in your relationship. So your marriage is not your parents' marriage or your grandparents' marriage or your siblings' marriage, right? Mm-hmm. Your life is not their lives either. And and often, you know, what I say to young people and to our own daughters is that they're not living our lives, mm-hmm. right? So 
in terms of whatever pressures are placed there, really equipping ourselves to question where that where the pressure is coming from. Um, that's only one yeah. area of it, right? That's that's one one way. What? Okay. Yeah, that's just one one way that we really kind of dig deeper mm-hmm. and below the surface. Mm-hmm. But oh, go ahead. Go yeah, ahead. and uh, so so mm-hmm. yeah, because we, we got here because we were talking about you know um, postpartum, and we we got to talking about. Mm-hmm. about expectations yeah and so you know because i i saw um was it deja so basically mm-hmm. if we're not comfortable with something you know we change so we can feel comfortable yeah and so and and that's good i'm like okay cool what is the origin of the discomfort right so because i think that it, it is people can change whatever they want to change yeah um i just want to make sure that we we understand that a lot of times some of the things that people believe uh, his word, the shoulds, right? I should be something mm. that I'm perceiving that I'm not. I should be better. I should be, I shouldn't be tired right now. I should want to go pick that baby up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so when we get into the shoulds and and that begins to, and then it's like, oh, but I, I don't have it at this moment. And mm-hmm. then there's a judgment that comes, that follows that. Yeah. That's kind of, that's really what we're talking about. Yeah, it's what we're talking about as it leads to the the pressure that we put on ourselves mm-hmm. to um, uphold the truth that may not be our own. And yeah. and that continued pressure can then wear you down. And the result of being worn down by those pressures can manifest as a mental health problem. Yeah, I mean, that's yeah. really where we were going with that. Specifically, depression, I mean, comes to mind, but there mm-hmm. are others. Sure. And so as, as we try to encourage you as you navigate this, what is really what is really important to understand is that um, there are times when if you have a problem, if you are dealing with something and you know that it's bigger than you, um, then then we encourage you 100% to seek help. None of us was meant to get through this life alone. And, and even though you may feel alone in your struggle or whatever it is that you're dealing with, um, if you're in a committed relationship, then God has sent someone to help you. If you are married, then God has purposed someone to help you. And even if you don't go to those people, there are other people around that were purposed to help you. None of us was made to actually get through this life on our own. And every time we try to do it all on our own, we're going to run into, you know, um, disappointment and failure and roadblocks and problems and issues. And, and sure, you're going to overcome many of those things. And, and I talk about it all the time. I'm just out here just trying to motivate and inspire people and empower people all the time. Mm-hmm. Yes, you can absolutely overcome a lot of things, but when you can't, it's time to ask for help. And so when we're talking about this, your problem may be something that exceeds your spouse's or your partner's ability. Mm-hmm. So saying it first, confronting it, being honest with yourself, being honest with them, and then seeking help is what you need to do. Yeah. But pretending that it's going to go away or waiting it out is not the answer. Yeah. It's also not the answer to expect that that other person is going to jump through hoops, somehow miraculously come up with some skills that they may not have or some knowledge that they were not um, privy to or mm-hmm. just do something that, that it they were not purposed to do. It's unfair. Mm-hmm. And so 
you know, when we talk about that and the pressures that we put on ourselves, consider also the pressure that we put on our spouses. Well, and, and, and all, there's, this, there's this other side to that. Mm-hmm. What also is unfair is for your spouse to put that on you. Mm. Again, that's one, and we'll talk about more about this um, maybe next week. Yeah. But your spouses will often, you know, particularly in the case of, you know, like that person, the person that gets a bit reclusive because they don't want to go out, you know, um, maybe it's the person, oh, the yeah. substance abuser, right? It's, yeah. You find yourself, they want you to cover, mm-hmm. a cover for me. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And, and so you find yourself that's now true. jumping through additional hoops in order to make sure that they don't perhaps maybe they don't look bad mm-hmm. or maybe so that they don't, they don't, yeah, they don't want to get help. So I'll, I'll go ahead and right and, and, and cover them to make sure that they don't make other, so the other people don't begin to see what you see. Yeah. That's right? tough. Yeah. And so that, that, that is a profound challenge. And I think, I think probably that fits best with a conversation about substance abuse. So we'll we'll touch more on that later. We'll come back to that. Thank you guys for for dropping in the marriage shop. And we're Mike and Wendy. And um, the marriage shop is where we kind of meet you where you are and you meet us where we are. We we come in here and we have real talk about real marriage. Mm -hmm. Um, And we're not afraid to talk about anything. So if there's something that you want us to talk about, um, send us a comment, send us a message, and we will... uh, We'll take it on. <laughs> okay. All right, then. Y'all pray with us, if you could, for a second. Um, Heavenly Father, we come tonight just thanking you. Um, thank you for this time. Thank you for uh, everyone who who's viewing this right now um, and just asking that you reach out and just, uh, just bless them. Um, for anyone who's struggling, uh, be with them. Uh, show them the way to peace, to healing. Um, for anyone who's doing well, just help them to continue to um, understand uh, what's necessary to continue to do marriage well, God. Uh, and that's you know, having you in it. And it's also communicating and discussing the things that are most difficult with the people that we should be able to trust most in life. So we just ask you bless um, everyone listening in their families, their homes, and um, be with them until we meet again. So we thank you. We love you and we trust you with everything. So in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Okay, y'all. So, so that's all for this week. Um, we may we may touch on this a little bit next week because I feel like you know. Yeah, we didn't we didn't get it all in. We'll get we'll we'll get it in soon. All right. So, y'all <laughs> take care. We'll see you next week. Thank you for joining us today for the Marriage Shop Podcast, brought to you by Catalyst, creating places that people want to work and leaders they want to work for. Learn more at www.connectmovegirl.com. Catch live recordings of The Marriage Shop on Facebook and YouTube on Monday nights at 7 p.m. Eastern. Follow us on Facebook at The Marriage Shop or go to youtube.com, enter The Marriage Shop in the search box, click that Marriage Shop logo, and then subscribe to our channel. Set all your alerts to ensure you know everything that's going on in The Marriage Shop.